Today, I'm here with the New York Times bestselling author, activist, educator, public speaker, and the founder of the nationwide feminist group, Solidarity Sundays, Kate Schatz. Kate is a New York Times bestselling author from multiple books in her Rad Women collection, co-author of Do the Work alongside Kamal Bell, and recently researched, wrote, and edited for a photography book by Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen. She can be found in conversation with author Margaret Atwood, comedian Conan O'Brien, Black Lives Matter co-founder Latasha Brown, and even soccer star Megan Rapinoe. Kate, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to speak to you today. I read Rad Women Worldwide for my 10th birthday. They are very popular in the local bookshop that we've got in England. And there's also, I don't know if you've heard of Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so they were all in a section in the bookshop. And I kind of went through them in a row. And it was really, really exciting for me. So speaking of childhood and reading... Is there a book that comes to your memory as the first book from your childhood? Oh, that's such a good question. (laughs) I was really lucky to grow up in a house of books. Um, My mom is the most avid, voracious reader that I know. I mean, every shelf is crammed with books. We went to the library multiple times a week. And my mom worked in a bookstore, a children's bookstore, in fact. So I actually grew up surrounded by books. But if I had to choose one that I have a specific memory of, there is this beautiful picture book called A House is a House for Me. It's from the 70s. I'm actually forgetting who even wrote it. And it's this whimsical, rhyming beautifully illustrated book about the idea of home. So it starts with a duchess lives in a castle, but a shell is a home for a crab and a box is a home for crackers. And it has the most intricate illustrations. And I would just read it over and over and stare at the pictures. And I have several copies of it now that I've read to my kids as well. So everything has a home in the book. Everything has a home. (laughs) That's so cute. What is the first book that you remember studying in school? Hmm. I remember my reading textbooks, not actual literature, but I remember that when I was growing up, when when we had our reading time, there were these different textbooks that would be like a hardcover book with a compilation of different stories. And I think when I was growing up, the public education system in the States was a little less sensitive to differentiated learning in kids. So it was extremely clear who was in the advanced reading group and who was not and everything was color coded. So I was always in the blue group. I remember one of those books was called Little Dog Laughed. (laughs) And I remember the covers of them. But I remember in eighth grade that we got to choose a book on our own. I remember that I read Gone with the Wind, which is actually a terribly racist (laughs) book. But an historic novel. And I remember choosing that and feeling very sophisticated because it felt like this very important, very grown up book. And I chose that to read for my book report and everybody else chose The Babysitter's Club, which I also read. (laughs) I don't actually have a lot of great memories of being assigned books in school. I do remember eventually in high school reading a lot of John Steinbeck. So I grew up in California. And so That's a memory that I have. And I actually think the books that you start with when you read Steinbeck in school are not his greatest books because they're his shortest books. I remember reading The Pearl and The Red Pony. But eventually when I read East of Eden and Grapes of Wrath, 
um, and Travels with Charlie, I realized that I really loved Steinbeck and I read those in school. Wow. What's a book that you read at a formative time in your life? I think I associate most formative points in my life with the books I was reading at the time. I've always been a reader. So whatever big changes in my life or big realizations that I had, I almost always associate with some kind of book. I remember when I was in probably in early middle school, maybe sixth grade, I was becoming very interested in um, environmental justice and activism. I mean, we didn't even call it climate change then. <laughs> but I remember checking out from the library, the classic book called 50 Simple Things You Can Do to Save the Earth. It's from the 80s. And it's like an early kind of how to be green. Yeah. I remember checking that out from the library. And it actually really changing the way that I thought about my own impact and activism, that there were these simple things that I could do as a kid that yeah. actually could make a difference. So that wasn't a great work of literature, but that yeah. book was really big for me. And then I'd say similarly, when I was in high school, I read Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States. Yeah, That was really formative for me because I was in an AP history class learning a very very basic, very safe, very mainstream version of American history that I knew yeah. was not correct and not thorough. And so again, I was like, I'm going to figure this out on my own. And so reading that Howard Zinn book was really mind opening. And, and then you went on to write a similar kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> both it really influenced what I would eventually write, but it also just really helped be, me be formative and how I thought about American history, but also how I thought about what a writer could actually do. You know, I, it was like right. maybe one of the first times that I saw the political impact that a book could have. What is a book that you credit for shaping your way of thinking, your style of writing, your general outlook? Maybe this is an unexpected answer. Okay. I am also just an, an enormous fan of Judy Bloom. I mean, I've probably read Super Fudge 500 <laughs> times. Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, Iggy's House, all of those books I devoured. And even though my work now isn't in the same genre, it's not similar. There was something about the voice that she used that felt so relatable. And I think that it really influenced how I write my books for young people. Because again, even though those books are nonfiction, I think Judy Bloom really gave permission that kids don't need to be talked down to. Young people are smart. Kids are brilliant. They can handle complicated ideas. And it doesn't need to be dumbed down. It doesn't need to be made silly. And it also doesn't need to be safe. Reading Judy Bloom and seeing how she took really, quote unquote, adult topics and presented them honestly to kids, I think has had a huge impact on me. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like she took like the moments that you thought you were the only one going through and put them mm -hmm. in a book. And then it turns out everyone was going through them. And Absolutely. she was writing it in such a relatable manner. It wasn't like speaking about it like it was above you. Next question. You mentioned earlier that you have children. I would love to hear about your favorite books that you've read with your kids. Oh, okay. Well, I do many favorites, but when I'm asked what my favorite book of all time is, and I do get yeah. asked this a lot, I finally decided I had to just come up with an answer. So I usually say Charlotte's Web. And that is simultaneously my favorite book to read to my children and the hardest book. I'm reading it to my son. He's 10. I'm reading it to him right now. I read it to him when he was younger. And we actually just haven't finished it because I cannot get through it. Like, it's so emotional for me. 
And I have read it. I read it to my daughter multiple times. And once I get to the final chapters, I just start putting it off because it makes me so emotional and I'm like crying at bedtime. But that that does remain a favorite to, to read to them. I'm famous in my family for crying at any books or movies where something happens to an animal. So I think my parents kind of got most of the way through Charlotte's Web and then realized what was coming. And were like, this wasn't a good thing to start with her. It's not wrenching, that book. It absolutely is. What is the most recent book that you've read or what are you currently reading? I just this morning started reading this incredible book. It's called The Book of Delights by Ross Gay. He's a poet and an essayist. I actually was at a book event last night. I'll name another book. My friend Eden Lepucky has a novel that just came out called Time's Mouth, which is a wonderful novel about intergenerational time travel, but not in a sci-fi time travel way, more in a mystical kind of weird way. I did an event with her at a bookstore in Berkeley, California, and the bookstore was so nice because I did the interview. They said I could pick any book in the store. And it took me like an hour. I felt so overwhelmed. I had choice paralysis and I couldn't decide. And I finally picked up this one, but it had been recommended. And I absolutely love it. It's a book of incredibly short essays, like literally a page or two pages. And this writer, Ross Gay, who again is a poet, but he's writing in an essay form, gave himself a challenge where for every day for one year, he would write a very short essay about something that he found delight in. And he's a Black man, and he writes a lot about race and violence and the horrific history of America. So this was also a project for him to kind of counter the intensity of the past few years of racial violence in America with finding some joy. It's just this beautiful book of these short, short pieces where he's just every day finding something delightful in his neighborhood or his life or the world. I just started it this morning and I'm like, oh, I'll probably finish it tonight. I love that. Yes. Being told to pick any book in a bookshop is the biggest dream, but also kind of a curse. It was terrible because then I immediately felt terrible. I'm like, well, if I pick this book, then I feel bad that I didn't pick this book. And maybe I shouldn't just just take no books at all. (laughs) As you keep walking, you keep seeing more possibilities. It's just endless. Yeah, it was was wonderful and terrible. Do you tend to read works written during a specific time period? That's a great question. I do read a lot of contemporary work in part because a lot of my friends are writers. So a lot of what I'm reading is books by people who I really admire or I know and I want to read their books and be excited. But I also do like to read my sweet spot is kind of mid 20th century feminist writing. So I do go back. I read a lot of poetry from the 50s, 60s, 70s. I'm reading a lot of Annie Ernaux right now. Unless I'm doing research or writing for a specific project, I don't go too far back past the 20th century, usually, unless I'm dipping into some Emily Dickinson or some old poetry. Do you have a book tradition that your family had growing up? That's such a wonderful question. Like I said, my mom was just such a reader. When I think of tradition, we had this yellow plastic basket with a handle, almost like a basket you would take to the beach with you and carry your sand toys. But that's what we used for our library books. So that always felt like a tradition. We would take the basket to the library, check out our books, and then carry them back in the basket. And then when I was done reading, I'd put them back in the basket to return them. My mom 
and my grandmother was very into Christmas. So we definitely have the tradition of an old copy of The Night Before Christmas. My dad would read that to us every Christmas Eve. And now I kind of try to force it on my kids. (laughs) There's a lot of books that are seasonal or connected to holidays that my mom will always kind of pull out at different times. So I connect those books with those different kind of times of year too. That's so sweet. This is taking a whole turn away from the last question, but is there a piece of writing that you think everyone should read? Hmm. Yeah, well, because I do a lot of writing and talking about anti-racist work, you know, and a lot of work around U.S. history, I, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from a Birmingham jail. I think it remains one of the most important pieces of rhetoric. Also, I think in just the study of how to write, how to communicate, how to convey incredibly important ideas. I just think that's such an important document in American history. So that's one that I do feel like is required reading, especially because King is such a familiar and also just totally misunderstood figure in white America. He's really easy for everybody to to know about, but they know like 1% of what he was really writing and thinking. And I would also add, I think everybody should read James Baldwin, Fire Next Time would be my other required reading. Completely agree. Do you have a favorite book that a friend has recommended to you? Oh, I think all of my books are friend recommend. The one I'm reading right now was recommended. I'd say most of the stack in my room. And I'm a big recommender too. I'm always recommending stuff and taking people's yeah. recommendations. And actually, I would say these Annie or No books that I'm reading, and they're, her last name is E-R-N-A-U-X. And she won, the, she won the Nobel Prize in Literature, I think, last year. And I wasn't familiar with her work. And she has all these very, very short books. And they're very personal. And she writes what a lot of people call autofiction. I mean, it's also memoir. They're translated from the French. Those were a, recomm- a recent recommendation from a friend. And I had never read her. And now I've been devouring it. So, Leading on from that, what's the current book that you're recommending to friends? The current book that I'm recommending, of course, this one that I just started reading today, I'm probably going to recommend to everybody. When it comes to fiction, I think right now I've really been recommending for people who are ready to take on a big novel. Like if you're ready Mm -hmm. to read a lot of pages, (laughs) The Love Songs of W.E.B. Du Bois, an unbelievable, sweeping, epic novel about Black America and its history and kind of the history of the South. It's absolutely stunning. It's like a million pages long. (laughs) It's really incredible. I really loved reading that. And I've been recommending that to a lot of people. So I, I love recommending books. Like I just do it constantly. And I recently got married, actually. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, I just got married. And at my wedding, my new wife's brother-in-law, so her sister's husband, who's this incredible man mm-hmm. that I had only met a few times. Yeah. And one of the one of the times we met, I recommended a book that I recommend to a lot of people just because I thought he would like it. And we were talking about books. And the book is The Overstory by Richard Powers. Mm-hmm. And my joke is that I never, I almost never recommend books by men. <laughs> like I don't actually read a lot of men, even though I've now mentioned a number of male writers, I just really don't. And so I always joke, he's like the one white man that I recommend. And I recommended it to Matt. You know, I said, oh, I think you'll really like this. And then he never followed up to say whether he read it or liked it or anything. <laughs> and at our wedding, he and my sister-in-law stood up to give us wonderful toast. And he, they'd been talking about my wife. And then he 
talks about me and he says, what I want to say about Kate is that she recommended a book to me that has changed my life completely. Wow. And then he starts talking about how I recommended that book and he read it and it has transformed his way of thinking about communication and trees and nature and ecology. And he gave this whole talk and I was like, oh my God, my book recommendations oh <laughs> really worked. So that is actually one, again, the overstory by Richard Powers is a book that I recommend to a lot of people. I think it's so brilliant. And in that case, it apparently changed his life. So That's amazing. Hour of the book recommendation. Yeah. That's a complete testament to your level of book recommendations, I'd say. I think in another life, I would work at a bookstore. Yeah. You just kind of recommend books all day. People just want recommendations. Yeah. What is your go-to book that you gift when a baby is born? I happen to have written a book that has become a go-to baby shower gift, uh, which is really funny. My first book in the Rad Women series, Rad American Women A to Z, I hear all the time that it's become the book that people give when a baby is really? born, which I never, ever imagined. I never thought it would be that. But I've had people come and they say, oh, I just buy 10 copies and I get them and you sign them and then I just hand them out when babies are born. <laughs> I'm very honored to have a place in that very niche category. I often give a book that I think is related to mine, which is a book called A is for Activist by my friend Santo okay. Nagara. It's a board book, like ABC book for babies. Amazing about activism. I do love that one. And I've also gifted the book I mentioned at the beginning, A House is a House for Me, because it's this little known, really wonderful book. But yeah. I do love giving books when babies are born. It's the best gift. Are you in a book club? I am not in a book club. I think I'm kind of my own walking book club. I've actually never been in a book club. Really? Yeah. I've never been in That's a book interesting. club. I've spoken to them, but I've and? never been a member. Would you want to be a member of a book club? No. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I think that just to be extremely honest, I think I'm a little too much of a book snob. And I worry that if I were part of a book club, that it would have to be a really specific group of people. Also, just for me, reading is this really private experience. Yeah. I love to talk about books, for sure. Yeah. Maybe I just have too many ideas about this and it would be nice to read <laughs> with other people. I did meet some people last night at this book event that I did. And um, a friend of mine has a mother-daughter book club. It's her. I mean, she's a grown-up and yeah. her mother. And then another friend and her mother. And then another person and her mother. And they all choose a book each month and read it. And then they have a dinner party at the end of the month based on the book that they read. And if there was any food mentioned in the book, they'll make that. And then they make a playlist to listen to from the era of the book or something. And it's so cute. And that wow. sounds wonderful. It also sounds like a lot of work. Because <laughs> then as you're reading the book, you have to be taking notes on food, costumes, music. There's a lot to think about there. Yeah. Well, I, I think I just have really strong opinions about books and what I'm reading. Yeah. And I just would feel bad if I was with people and they chose a book and I didn't like it. I don't want to be a jerk. Um, yeah. So. I agree. No, and no you book. have to meet deadlines too, which is stressful. I thrive on deadlines mm -hmm. as a writer, but yeah. I don't think I want them as a reader. Um, exactly. I agree. Do you listen to audiobooks? You know what? I really don't. And I really want to listen to more. Actually, uh, I do have an audiobook recommendation. The only one I've listened to. <laughs> okay. 
but I loved it. And it's the book that made me realize that audiobooks are are great. I, I really love the singer songwriter Brandy Carlisle. She wrote a memoir called Broken Horses, and okay. I had read some of it. But a friend told me I should listen to the audiobook. And actually, when I got COVID this year for the first time, I decided to listen to it. And it's incredible because she reads it, which is usually the case with memoirs. And just yeah. hearing it in her voice was so wonderful. But then in between each chapter, she plays songs that connect to the chapter she just read. I didn't expect that. I didn't really realize that you could do that with an audiobook. So she would read a chapter about her first album years ago, and then suddenly she's on her guitar and she's playing these songs that she had just mentioned. So I loved listening to that audiobook. I just finally signed up for one of the apps where you can download audiobooks from your local library. So I'm hoping yeah. to get into it. But I like books. I like pages. But I also yeah. think audiobooks are cool. That's a really good recommendation, though, because the music will keep you engaged alongside the audio. Yeah, she's got right. a great voice, and it feels like she's just hanging out with you, telling you her life story. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm definitely going to have to listen to that. How many pages do you give a book if you don't like it? You know, I was talking to my friend Eden about this last night. I am terrible at finishing books, is the truth. Okay. But it's almost never because I don't like them. Interesting. I think I'm so selective with the books I pick up that it's pretty rare for me to really not like it. I'm inundated by books. I know so many writers. My mom, she'll read anything. Yeah. She'll go to a little free library. She'll grab a bunch of novels and then she'll just read them. And I have a very discerning eye. So it's very rare that I'm like, oh, this book sucks. I hate it. Um, <laughs> but it is embarrassingly rare for me to finish. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I have a really bad trait where I force myself to finish books, even if I don't like them, because I have yeah. a completed bookshelf and then an unread shelf and I need to move things over. I force myself through it. I wouldn't recommend that either. That's very organized. I'm sure that someone would argue, well, if I really loved the book, I would just keep reading it. But I do think I get distracted and I think there's just books kind of constantly coming in. And now that I'm talking, I'm realizing that I was reading the book Women Talking by Miriam Taos. Absolutely love it. It's incredible. It's so brilliant. I'm just realizing I don't think I read the last 20 pages. <laughs> you were nearly there. I was almost there. I just picked up something else or I forgot. Yeah. So I'll go back and finish that because it's incredible. Life happens in the middle. It's difficult. It's difficult. Do you have a favorite movie that's based on a book. I actually really love the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> that's a very good answer. My daughter was really, you know, that was like a huge part of her childhood was reading all yeah. the Harry Potter books. And I think that's an instance where I am equally, if not more delighted by the movie and then the book. Yeah. Because of my daughter, I have seen the movies and read the books many, many times. I remember my parents wouldn't let me watch the movie until I'd read the book first. So it was always the reward for getting through the book. Then you get to sit down and watch the movie. Seeing it for the first time, even after you've just read the book and you know exactly what's going to happen, but seeing it on screen is amazing. It's something else. It's very yeah. cool. What is a poem or a piece of writing that you would want to be read at a special occasion in your life? You have just gotten married, so yeah. you might have a good answer from that. 
Yeah, I do because I actually did incorporate a number of poems. I really love the poet Mary Oliver, as does my wife. She's someone whose work has been very special to us in a number of ways. And we joke about Mary Oliver that she just got a goddamn perfect poem for it. To bookend things, my wife's mother passed away six months ago. Her mom loved poppies. That was her favorite flower. And Mm -hmm. of course... Of course, Mary Oliver wrote a poem literally called Poppies. Really? About death and about life and about love. So we made little poppy seed packets for her mother's memorial with the Mary Oliver poem on them. And then fast forward six months later to our wedding, we used the Mary Oliver poem on our invitation. And then we referenced a lot of lines from it in our ceremony. So... Mary Oliver shows up in all of our big occasions. I'm definitely going to have to look into her work. Never read any. Oh, she's an American poet, was a lesbian, spent most of her life with her partner, who was a photographer in Provincetown, Massachusetts, out on the Cape. I think she's most often associated with being a nature poet. Her work was very deceptively simple. She writes a lot about the natural world around her, but Mm. it's just always perfect. She's just one of those poets where you get to the end of her poems and you're always just like, oh my God. You need need time to reflect on it. Last question is, what is a book that's leaving you feeling hopeful for the future at the moment? Oh, that's a wonderful question because that can feel very difficult. (laughs) Actually, I'd go back to the book that we started talking about this book yeah. delights by Ross Gay because that's kind of Actually. literally what this book is about um which yeah. I think is one of the most important perspectives to hold at this moment as I just mentioned this year had this huge loss for my family and this huge wonderful thing and that's just the yeah. truth of life it's just kind of simultaneously holding loss and pain and terror and anxiety and joy and love and delight and pleasure. Um, So this book is wonderful because it's very much about just noticing the things around you every day that are bringing you delight, even in the midst Mm -hmm. of terror and fear. So that book is really bringing me a lot of hope. And as I mentioned earlier, reading about history, even reading People's History of the United States helps give me perspective because I do try to take the long view on history and we can recognize that we're in a particularly horrific moment. But I do believe that the moral arc of the universe is ultimately bending toward justice. It can just sometimes feel hard to see it that way. So historical texts that remind me that things have been terrible and then people have worked hard to make it better also gives me hope. Thank you so much for speaking with me. I've definitely got a lot to read after this conversation. I'm, I maybe made your to-be-read pile a little bigger. You can find Kate on her website, kateshots.com. That's K-A-T-E-S-C-H-A-T-Z.com and her books on most major retailer book sites. Be sure to check out my personal favorite, Rad Women Worldwide. Please don't forget to support your local bookshops when you can. 